0: We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate.
1: Hey guys, thanks for joining us on another episode of Spilling the LT with Lawyer's Title. I'm super excited about today. We've got some amazing guests. We're going to be talking about the fun subject of divorce (laughs) and how it affects a real estate transaction. I'm going to let you guys meet the awesome Stephanie Allen and let her introduce her guest.
2: Hey guys, Stephanie Allen here. I've got the wonderful Laura Roach with us today. She is an attorney and she's also a partner at McCatherine Law Firm. And then I've also got the Honorable Judge John Roach with us. And obviously he is the Collin County State District Judge, but I'm going to let them tell a little bit more about themselves. So.
3: Uh, Thanks, Stephanie. I'm Laura Roach, and I have been a family law attorney for 25 years, well, really 26. And I'm married to this guy right here, and we have three boys together. I have done exclusively family law probably for about 21 years, 22 years, and I absolutely love it. I love every part about it, Um, so much so that John and I decided to write a book together called Divorce and Peace, and we wrote that based on the fact that people um, make, well, there's a lot of mistakes you can make while you're getting divorced and a lot of bad decisions you can make. And so we decided to write a book to try to express and tell people, you know, the right way to do it. But. Uh, I absolutely love what I, do, what I do. I love my job. I'm passionate about it and I just love my clients and, and I'm happy to be here. So thanks for letting me be here. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you all for having us. Um, I'm John Roach and I am a state district judge in Collin County and have been for the last 15 years. Now I do a little bit different. I do criminal, civil, family and CPS cases, uh, but family law does take up about 33% of my docket. Uh, and so I handle family law cases every day and have for, for many, many years.
2: So may I ask you, how many cases come across your desk a day, do you think? A
0: day? Probably anywhere between 30 and 50. Uh, I am responsible for 2,000 cases at any given time.
1: Wow, that's a yeah, lot. That's a lot of cases. That's a lot to keep up with. It is. <laughs> Growing,
0: Growing County, lots of cases.
1: Yes, Yeah. right. Okay. Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned, Laura, um, people making bad decisions in divorce. That's probably because emotions are so high. They're not really... Um, thinking about the factual implications of the choices they make. And so let's talk a little bit about how it re- relates to real estate, the real estate transaction. Um, we get a lot of questions as a title company. You know, I'm going through a divorce. We're wanting to list our house. How do we go about doing that? So can you talk a little bit about it from, like, the standing order perspective? What happens prior to the decree?
3: Okay. So before you file for a divorce, the court's not interested really in what's going on. So if you haven't filed for a divorce yet and you want to sell your house or buy another, that's just between you and your, your husband. I mean, you and your spouse, okay? But once you file for a divorce, most counties, and, and it's most counties all the way all around here, um Um, have a standing order. And in that standing order you can't sell or transfer property or do anything without the agreement of the other spouse. And so um, a lot of times people will, even though their name, it's my name and and, and I own this before we were married. It doesn't matter if you're married and you're going through a divorce, everything's presumed to be community property and everything um, uh, is frozen without other agreements or other court orders. So that's uh, a lot of times people will come file for divorce and then insist on selling the house. Mm -hmm. And you can insist it all day long unless you go to court and show how it's in everyone's best interest to sell the house. Mm or you get an agreement, you can't sell the house. And, and the problem from your side is they show up for a closing right. and then people are like, well, the wife's not signing and you're trying to close the deal and right. you can't do it. And it's a big nightmare. So,
1: so talk to me about Texas and Texas is a little different. Some states recognize separation. Mm-hmm. We don't have that in Texas, right. right?
3: Correct. I mean, we have, what happens is you file for divorce. You have a, a, a cooling off period of 60 days and you can't get divorced in that time frame, but you're still married. There's no legal separation there. Now, there are things we can do like partition agreements and uh, basically postnuptial agreements where you divide up the property and do all that, even though you're still married. But it's not a legal separation as far as the court's concerned. It is just uh, you're just filed for divorce and your divorce is pending. So you still need everyone's agreement and and signatures and things like that to close on any property.
1: So talk to me about that. Obviously, when people are divorced, they're not necessarily getting along. Right. They may not sit down across the, the table and sign paperwork. Um, what happens in a situation where both parties want to list, but they can't agree upon who they're going to use for that listing?
3: OK, so uh, well, he can talk about yeah. about yeah. this, okay. actually. Oh, yeah. They come it's to perfect. him. Is okay. What okay. Well, well first of all, what yeah, we want you to do
0: and we always want you to do is reach an agreement. Uh, and so if you, have, you want a listing agent or something, maybe it's not the one that one wants or right. the other one wants, but maybe you can compromise and find one you both agree to. But if you don't, you have to go to court. Uh, and first of all, court is expensive. So yeah. you have to have your lawyers usually to come to court and say, judge, you pick. And so the judge literally picks the listing agent, um, and there's no rhyme or reason how you do it. There's no law that says judge you got to pick this person or th- with this qualifications. It's just usually who the judge knows, okay. uh, and it'll do a good job. Up in Collin County, you know, I know some realtors in Frisco and Plano and stuff, so I know kinda who knows that area. Uh, but otherwise, you just kind of kind of pick. And so it's then then the parties feel out of out of the loop in the whole thing because they didn't have any say so in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't think. And so it's very, very difficult. And then the court picks a listing agent. And then sometimes one spouse won't cooperate uh, with the listing, like someone who lives in the house won't uh, sign up for the showings or they do stuff like that. And so you have to go or leave the dogs dogs out or something like that. And so it gets very heightened uh, early on in that divorce when you're talking about real estate, because that's their number one investment. And they have a very sentimental attachment to it. Mm -hmm. And so you put all that stuff together, then um, that's a recipe for conflict.
2: Well, on that note, in your book, you guys do talk about resolve so much. I mean, it's divorce and peace. Um, what, tell me some of the things that this book kind of covers. Can you all go over some highlights of the book? Yeah, I mean, basically, it just
3: talks about, I mean, it's supposed to be nationally written in the sense that it applies in all different states, but it's really, uh, there is more of a focus of Texas, obviously, because this is where we work. But um, um, we just kind of go through the process of of the different ways you can get divorced other than just going to court. And then if you have to go to court, why? But the best part really about that book is that it has my perspective as a mediator and attorney in there, like little stories and his perspective as a judge and little stories. And I think it really kind of demonstrates to people like – it's probably not worth fighting over. Like there's very little that's worth fighting. Over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. So, um, uh, that's really what we're encouraging. Cause what happens is it, and even for me, um, I'll be medi- if I mediate a divorce and they, in, in for, for example, I had a case, I had a professional athlete come in. I was mediating the divorce. It was a four month, uh, case so far. And they had spent, I think $850,000 in attorney's fees. Oh. It was ridiculous. And I was able to get it settled in a couple of days. Right. So it, it, if they'd come to see me before they spent the 850000 it would have been a lot better. So that's what really got us wanting to write a book to say, OK, guys, you don't have to do it the hard way. You can do it the easy way and get the same result a lot of the times. Now, sometimes people just have to fight it out or there's mental illness involved and things like that. And that's I mean, that's I handle a lot of those cases as well. So,
1: so talking about your role as a mediator, because I think sometimes people don't quite understand the difference between mediation, litigation, right. arbitration, things like that. So, um, when I mediate a divorce, I don't represent anybody. I just, um, um,
3: represent trying to get an agreement done. And so I I talk about hypotheticals and I do things like that. I don't give legal advice. I'm not the attorney there. Usually people have attorneys, but sometimes they don't. I'm just the go-between. I mediate a little bit differently than most mediators where I don't just do this offer counter stuff. I've talked to both sides and figure out where the case Is And I give suggestions on a proposal and come up with a proposal and then we go back and forth on it. Uh, But I don't give legal advice and I always refer people if they don't have an attorney to attorneys that I know are trustworthy and, you know, I'm going to give good advice out to do that. But, you know, a lot of times the house is the main issue Mm. because right now, especially right now with prices going up. I mean, it is everyone's forcing sales because they're like, we can get our money out now, and so that's kind. and And like, and like he was saying, it's very emotional for some people. I mean, I have a lot of clients that come in here and they want to keep the house at all costs, and I'm going. Okay, you don't work. You can't afford this house. Like let's, let's, you could get all this cash and you won't have to worry about, you know, the yard maintenance and the pool and the, and the high electric bill and all that stuff. And I've had a lot of clients that unfortunately will fight to the death for their house, get their house, call me three months later and
1: say, I'm ready to sell. What was that real interview you were talking to me about? It happens all the time. So that's, so, talk to us about possible outcomes because you guys have seen them all. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, you've got people that want to sell the house, they don't, can't agree on an attorney, you've got or an, an agent, you've got people that want to stay. How does that work out when one spouse wants to stay? What, what do you need well, to work, well, make that work? Well, number
0: one, mediation is the way to go do it because you have a lot more input in mediation, a lot more problem solving, a lot more flexibility. Because if you ever get to court and have that issue, uh, and a lot of times we'll start right at the very beginning what's the value of the house? Uh, and so we're just arguing about values and then we're arguing about equity. Uh, the way that I look at it, I can't say all courts, but the way I look at it is the only way to know what that house is worth is put it on the market and sell it. And that'll tell you exactly yeah. what it is. And that's harsh. Uh, but that's really what the courts does. Uh, a lot of times I, I can't sit there and spend the time you can in mediation mm-hmm. and kind of work things out and negotiate and stuff. I just listen to both sides. There's a winner usually and a loser too. Uh, and I sell the house. And I think that um, is shocking to some people and they kind of wish that they would have known that before they walked into the courtroom how drastic it can be Uh, but that's the worst case scenario for somebody is, is they can't agree on anything the judge picks the the realtor picks the sales price orders it sold and then sells it and then divides the, the uh, equity uh, when we're done.
3: And he doesn't know anything about real estate. So, you
0: know, it's <laughs> yeah, like... That's right. We have experts like <laughs> yeah. y'all, y- yeah. y'all and yeah. other people that yeah. can come in and tell me, but I really don't. Uh, and so it's drastic. And so that's why it's so important to have great professionals around you, including the, in the real estate mm-hmm. business, uh, but also lawyers uh, and all the, around you. So you don't make those big mistakes because mm-hmm. it, can, it can be extraordinarily costly. Right.
2: Absolutely. So, Laura, yeah, I know you work with lots of realtors um, that... that just use you so often because you save you save their clients before they get to john I (laughs) try. so so, um what if and if you can think of something like what maybe is the the top question you get or issue from an agent Uh, well
3: from a realtor is how are we going to do this closing if there's family violence allegations or how are we going to do this closing since they hate each other and and what you know what what's the court going to allow and you know how to how do we get the thing done? Everyone knows a house has to be sold. It needs to be sold. But how are we going to get them across the finish line? And really, it's a matter, if there's two good attorneys on the case, they will talk and get a plan together. And sometimes they have to call the title company and the closing, you know, to make sure, yeah. OK, we got mom coming in now and then we got dad. Let's keep it separate. Let's do <laughs> it. Sneaking out the
0: back
3: But they're the main, you know, the main problem we have is people qualifying for refinances and stuff mm. because, you know, houses need to be refinanced usually when they're when they're going from a couple owning a house to one person. And so then it's a matter of making sure you have an attorney that has thought of that and has started the income stream early. If they know their client wants to buy the house, start the income stream and then um, set that up in in temporary orders so that by the time the house sells and they want to close on it, a husband or wife can qualify for that next home and then transfer it right over. So that's getting a whole plan of what your client's goals are, really helps if you do it up front and you can work. And luckily I have great professionals like y'all and, and some other ones in the business where I can go, okay, what do I need to do to get this lady, you know, this house or this, you know, this guy, this house or sell this house or whatever. So, um, having an attorney that is thinking about the end game is important and, and getting all the professionals that are part of that end game in line beforehand so that they can get what they really want out, you know, out of the divorce. It's
2: almost like you do need a team of professionals, a divorce that know about divorce around you during that time, Um, you know, we do our panel together and it's a testament to how important it is because I have agents come and then they go through this and they're like, I'm so happy that I have these people around me. That know the ins and outs. Oh, I think it's right
3: situation. I learn, I, I mean, mean, I love our panel because yes. I always learn something. I'm like, okay, now I know with yeah. you know this client or this situation, I can do, I can handle it differently and just more efficiently. Yes. which
1: saves everybody money and time. So you brought up a really good point about having the right partners. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because I know as a title company, we run into some issues. Of the divorce has been granted, but not everything is really finished out. Right. Um, one of the parties is awarded the property and the decree, but nothing else has been signed. Right. So um,
3: what you can do if things aren't signed, you know, you actually can file the divorce decree, but nobody really wants to do that because then it's just, you know, out there as part of your property records and it's kind of icky. But I always make sure before uh, when when everyone's signing, it's like a giant signing party. We make sure everything's signed right at the same time so that when that decree gets entered, the quadros signed by the judge, which is another part of the divorce with retirement benefits. And uh, I make sure the special warranty deeds are all signed and the uh, power of attorney to transfer motor vehicle interests are all signed. So we just we do it all at once so that um, uh, it's just a clean break on date of divorce is really date of divorce. And then we turn around, of course, our office will go ahead and file the, the correct deeds with the county to make sure it's all done but the issue will always be pending is what about the uh mortgage Mm -hmm. and is it in both parties names and do we need to do a refinance and if so for how long is the refinance and then is it a cash out refi or or what we always do in family law well i always do in family law and and recommend to people is to do an ulti lien because they get better interest rates and you can get more cash out of the house with an ulti lien um but you got to draft that in the decree and so it's got to be part of the divorce decree and a lot of lawyers, um, lawyers that practice family law primarily know, know to do that for the most part. But if you're if you're an attorney that, you know, you may really be a criminal law attorney, but you're helping a friend out on a divorce, mm-hmm. they may not know how mm-hmm. to do all that. And so it's really important to make sure those kind of documents are are done correctly.
1: Absolutely. And thank you for that, because we are the ones that end up getting have right. to clean it right. up right. years right. later. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. having to call an ex-husband and be like, I know you got divorced 10 years ago. I need you to sign this document. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're always confused. Um, Explain lean just a little bit more for those that don't understand what that is. Well, the
3: ultimine is actually really a cool thing because um, um, you know you can't when you have a judgment against somebody you can't um, take their homestead, okay? Mm-hmm. And the legislature really saw it as that, like, well, you can't take anybody's homestead. Well, in a divorce, that means you have to sell the house, but that's not necessarily in the best interest of the children or in the best interest of uh, you know our community or whatever to force people to have to sell their house and move out. So people in a divorce were like, well, I have hundred thousand dollars equity in my house and I need to pay 60,000 to my wife, but I don't want to sell the house. So I'll give her an old tea lien. And then when he goes to refinance or goes to sell the house, you can actually get the money out of the house. And that's really the only way you can take a chunk of someone's homestead, right? right? Because people have a homestead in their house. And so uh, it, it was just a legislative written way to, to have a, a lien or a judgment against the house so that when, um, when the house is sold or refinanced, the other party will get the money that they were due at the divorce if they aren't able to pay it at the divorce.
1: Right. And, it, and if it's filed properly, it pulls up on the title report. So mm-hmm. we know that we have to go to the spouse and get a payoff and see what's still owed and all that good stuff. Correct. All the decree. Um, we've run into that situation where it hasn't been recorded properly and we've we've had to deal with it on the back end. So who's well, the right attorney. Right. Yeah. You and then um, also, though, you
3: know, also I have never really brought this up even on our panel, but um, there's a thing called Liz pendants that you file on other properties. So if there's other properties out there that uh, um, somebody may be like, oh, I'm going to sneak and I'm going to, you know, wife may go, I'm going to sell the lake house without husband knowing. And mm. you file this pendants and it's like a, it's it's a little more mark with the, with the property record saying, "Uh oh, there's something going on here. There's some kind of litigation or whatever going on. And it just, that can help protect your interests as well in a, in, in a tricky situation, not yeah. in a, not a nice, happy, we're all agreeing and trying to get divorced peacefully situation, but when it gets kind of nasty, so.
2: Yeah. I've never heard of that.
3: Yeah. yeah yep. Most attorneys don't do, most attorneys don't do it. Yeah. I do it because, especially when I have high value estates that have multiple real estate mm. and I really can't, you know, it's only in the husband's name, and I really can't protect that little thing. I'll, I'll go ahead and file this pendant. It's just a cloud to, on the
0: title. Yeah, so it does, report. and you cannot do anything with it until you figure yeah. it out or clear that title.
3: Yeah. It gives
1: us the alert, like, it hey, we got to, we got to. There's something this here. Out. That's right. Something about it.
3: Yeah, attorneys underutilize that.
1: Absolutely. Yep. But
3: I do it on a lot of my cases. People get mad when I do it. <laughs>
1: Actually, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're protecting your client's yeah, interest. That's my job. Um, So let's talk about we don't go and see you. We don't work things out amicably. So we end up in court (laughs) and We can't agree on the real estate agent We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want to go a little more in depth because I get this question a lot so you pick the agent What are the agent's duties? What can they do? What can they not
0: do? Well, I pick the agent first. And like I was telling you before, Mm -hmm. I pick the agent first and then uh, the agent tries to sell it for the list price that that I've told them what the list price is going to be. But when we get into the situation where the spouse isn't cooperating, they have the dogs out for the showings, they won't show show the house and stuff like that, they have to take it to the next level. Uh, And then that's when the court appoints a receiver. Okay, and it's a real estate agent uh, that I pick because they're the best uh, Person to to do that for me, and then the receiver has the the authority from the court to do everything. Um, the The order has to specifically say what the receiver is supposed to do, but they're very 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 broad. Mm-hmm. They can sell it, they can negotiate it, they can do uh, they can sign things for them, uh, they can get repairs done on them, and that repair be uh, put up against the equity in the house. Uh, they pretty much are the uh, the seller uh, in a situation like that. So it's very very powerful expensive. I'll usually pay a receiver more than the commission as a real estate agent because it is more. There's more to it, more liability to it. Too, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'll pay them a little bit more to do that. Uh, but that's what happens to you if you cannot agree or cooperate with the sell of a home.
1: So just be clear, guys. That means the agent is signing all the documents. Uh-huh. You okay. no longer are needed at closing. You're no longer mm-hmm. needed to agree to the contract. The agent is your representative. That's
0: right. As long as you got to be real careful if you're the receiver that the order specifically allows you to do the things that you're trying to do, uh, and mm-hmm. that's on the lawyers again to draft that as broadly as they need to get the transaction completed.
1: Cool. I get that question so yep. much from yep. agents. Yep. Um,
0: and then some people ask me, how, you, how do I pick a receiver?
1: Yeah, well, that's my next this, So
0: I knew you were going to ask me that because that's <laughs> the next one I go. How do you do that? Same kind of thing. There's no legal document. There's no law. There's no list. Uh, and so it's typically the people who I know who've done it before for the court. Uh, I usually don't pick someone for their first time unless that I really know them because it's a big responsibility and a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to do that, write a letter to the courts. And say, hey, listen, I'm available to to be a receiver in real estate type of cases. And then we will put you on our informal list in our court. uh, But each court has their own list.
1: Perfect. Great. Great information. Great tip. Um, So (laughs) let's switch to the buy side. So say we're going through a divorce, uh-huh. we're not it's not final yet and I would like to go buy my own separate homestead. How does that work?
3: Well, you have to have an agreement usually. I mean, I have that I have that going on in a couple clients right now. And and a lot of times they do. They, if they have enough cash for a down payment or they can um, pay cash for the house or, you know, they're going to qualify for a mortgage, you can do it. But um, what what I do is kind of like a partition agreement or almost like a post up in the middle of the divorce. Um, and that is basically all parties agree that we're partitioning it. This, this house is going to belong to wife. It's not going to belong to, to husband. We're going to take the 200,000 that we're putting down on it and we're going to put it on her side of the spreadsheet for the division of the estate. And he's going to go and sign all the documents saying he has no interest in the house. Okay. Uh, but you have to get that all agreed to. Otherwise, if it's you could If you have attorneys, you can get it agreed to by the attorneys. that's the smartest way to do it. If you just go and do it on your own and that asset goes up a hundred thousand dollars while the divorce is pending, well, then that's just more money on her side of the spreadsheet. So I like for me and I have control issues I know, but I like to get that all Cheetah. agreed to i do i do I try to get that all agreed to and uh before anybody's buying any any you know, household or, or, you know, moving or any of those things, because technically it's a violation of the standing order. So we got to get it worked out.
0: You're violating court order. And I'll tell you, I've never been ordered the, the someone to buy or allow someone to buy a house during a divorce as a judge. I'll do it to sell. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we have to do that. But I'll never say, OK, I'm going to order y'all, y'all to allow her or him to buy a house. Right. And so you're kind of stuck in limbo uh, if That's you can't otherwise get an yeah. agreement.
3: I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never taken that issue to court yeah. because
0: I, I just need buy a happen. house. I want to take advantage of whatever this deal is. I got this great deal. Yeah. Judge, I order order that this house can be bought. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that because it encumbers the estate. Right. And, and so I don't want any more encumbrances on that estate.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because like we talked about earlier, you're not not—you're either married or divorced in Texas or mm-hmm. separation, That's right. right? And so they come to me and they'll say, why do I, as, as the soon-to-be ex-husband, have to sign the deed of trust for mm-hmm. them to take a loan on this property? And it's because it's still community property. It's, it's still homestead mm-hmm. in Texas. So if you guys call this divorce off, you move into this house, guess what? The lender can't foreclose unless your signature's on that That's deed right. of trust. And, right. it, and it creates a lot of problems. It does. So, it does. Cool. Um, Steph, you got
2: any questions? I don't. I just appreciate you guys being here. Oh. Sure. You are my go-to. <laughs> Not you, John. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you don't, I don't, I don't want to be your go-to. You don't want that, me to be your go-to. I, to, I get it. No, of offense, no offense, offense. I appreciate being your go-to. Yeah. So no, thank no, you you're very so fabulous. Much. And yeah. I I learn something every time I'm with you guys. And you guys have helped so many of my clients, um, my realtor clients, So um, with their clients, yeah. which is a
1: huge bonus. So thank you guys for being here today. Well, well, thank you for us. having us. So we're going to play a fun little game. So we've had a couple okay. of spouses on our show up to this point. <laughs> yeah. um, and we played this game with them. So we just thought we would shoot it over to you guys. And it's just... Like, who is it? Like, who's what? So we're going to ask a question, and you're going you're gonna to point at the person you think the answer is. Okay, okay, so, so you. yourself
0: or the other person. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's
1: right. Yeah. Okay. okay, let's see, I'm ready. So who spends a longer amount of time getting ready? Me. <laughs> who's more likely to make the bedroom floor their personal laundry basket? Oh, <laughs> He did today, <laughs> we were getting ready for this. I was like, laundry I thought here. I told I'd get it later. So... Uh, yeah, later's I have not a plan. okay. I have yeah. a plan. Later's not okay. <laughs> who's more likely to leave dishes in the sink? Jim. <laughs> Who do you trust more behind the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> who, takes, <laughs> uh, I know. who takes up more than half of their bed?
0: Oh, you uh, do. Depends on you the lay day. like that. Well, It, it depends on the <laughs> day, uh, but I would say generally. Uh,
1: who takes the longest showers? <laughs> Me. I think she... It
0: depends. If
3: I'm washing my hair, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 but
0: I take longer to dry off. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly, that's he, a whole other thing that I don't to talk about.
3: He takes up the shower space longer than I ever would. <laughs> <laughs> He he drives in between his toes
1: <laughs> It's ridiculous. I,
0: I just I just admitted to that I have I know. an issue oh, with the drive. He's
1: like you don't have to elaborate. Okay, that's, that's hilarious. Great. Do you guys yeah. have pets? We do. Who yeah. takes care of them?
3: Well me mainly. But me, but we're about well, to get a third one. That's his. Yeah,
0: so I'd say it's a combo. All
1: right. Yeah, it's All more right. of a combo I'd say. Um, who is more of a clean freak? Me. Her. Yeah. Okay. Who snores the loudest?
0: Me. <laughs> Him. <laughs>
1: Okay, and who has a better playlist of music?
0: Me. Oh,
3: yeah. She has all of them. She just sends them
1: to me. I make the playlist and I send (laughs) them. I did today. I sent them one today. (laughs) so.
0: So I know you're asking yourself what do I do? Yeah. I, I, yeah, And I, I mean, He's I need to read that
3: mess. book. I need to read that yeah. book. just said Sarah looks gosh. pretty. That's what you uh, You I guys, you well, y'all, 100%. y'all
2: did a hundred percent. So I think you're on the right track. Yeah, we've been doing a lot. I know exactly who the answer
1: was to everything. We've been
3: married yeah. a very long time. Well thank you. Twenty-three years, right? Thank you guys so
1: much for coming. on. It is such a wealth of knowledge having both of you. So we'll have to have call us anytime. We'll come back anytime. Yes. actually, that's a great segue. Tell us how to contact you.
3: For me you can um email me at lroach at or reach out to stephanie she's got my cell my <laughs> house my work my email so she can find, uh, me, she can find me anywhere just uh look up mccatherynlaw.com um we're da- i mean our law firm it, we have dallas houston frisco which is great for me um and L.A. Yeah. I hit them all. So at nice. Frisco, we're at the star. So it's pretty pretty fun, yeah. pretty cool place yeah. to work. I love it. Yeah. So.
0: And if y'all want to know where to contact me, get arrested, divorce, <laughs> <board, Yeah>. uh, <laughs> something like that. And I'll be right there for you. <laughs>
1: it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's great. Oh, you guys well. are the best. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, please give us a like, uh, share the episode, or subscribe to the podcast. So, thanks for having us.